Hello and welcome to the podcast of TechEU. I am your host, Andrei Degeler. In our today's episode, I would like to play back for you an interview with Giovanni Setpia from the European Registry for Internet Domains, or EURID. We have talked uh, about how many .eu domains there are, the effect of Brexit, the importance of having a block-wide domain zone like .eu, and so much more. So let's check out this one together. If we can start uh, with uh, you introducing yourself and uh, telling uh, in a few words what is it that you're doing. Yeah. So my name is Giovanni Seppia. I'm the external relations uh, manager of URID. URID is the registry operator of uh, .u, top-level domain, and its variants uh, in other scripts. And I'm dealing with uh, quite a broad uh, uh, spectrum of uh, matters from international relations to marketing and communication to our environmental sustainability and, and so on at URID. Right. And uh, uh, how about yourself? What did you do before you got to URID and uh, what actually made you turn to this uh, sort of uh, in European internet uh, industry? So I graduated in uh, international law several years ago and I was uh, in charge of uh, European uh, Union policies and programs at the region of Tuscany in uh, in. Uh, an office of the region of Tuscany, and I did have little idea of what internet was about. I mean, I was an internet user. I was not uh, managing anything of the internet. And then suddenly I found myself at a conference uh, uh, where I was uh, presenting something that belonged to a colleague of mine who couldn't made it, make it. And, and then uh, um, there was uh, somebody in the audience uh, and she invited me to uh, join the .IT registry. And, and then uh, as, uh, let's say, person in charge of international relations at the .IT registry, the Italian registry, for, so for .IT. And, and then I said yes. And then since then, which was at the end of 1999, I was sort of stuck in, in the industry with pleasure because it's a great experience so far. And it's also, it allows you to, to know uh, things that most of the people, they ignore, or at least uh, they believe that internet runs by itself, but it's not because uh, there are quite many people that are making the internet running properly uh, all around the world. Right. So a bit later, we will get into the differences that you could have seen between uh, national and uh, European uh, TLD uh, manager. But before that, uh, can uh, you tell me a bit more about the actual EU zone? And first of all, what is the what is the role of it? Uh, like, why do we even need uh, the this uh, domain name? Uh, why are national ones not enough? So uh, the .dot .eu uh, top level domain was born a bit later than most of the country codes, the so-called country codes. It is classified as a country code. So uh, .com, for instance, is classified as a generic top-level domain. Uh, we are classified as a country code because we are um, somehow linked to a specific region. And therefore, um, we, we belong to the country code, uh, uh, let's say, environment. Um, it was a project of the European uh, Council, Parliament and the Commission, which dates back in 1999, when uh, the European Commission launched the E-Europe uh, program to digitalize uh, the European Union and uh, the, uh, let's say, launch of uh, uh, its own uh, top-level domain was one of, of the objectives of this uh, European Commission program. And uh, um, .eu became a reality uh, in uh, 2006 uh, when uh, went public for launch so anybody could start registering 
the main names under .u. Uh, since then, it was uh, a European project that uh, um, required uh, quite some time with a lot of regulations and steps at the Parliament and Council level. Why .u? Because um, I believe there was a need uh, for you know, a top-level domain associated to the European Union, something uh, that uh, uh, is like a bit uh, made in EU, when you see made in EU that you find in many products and, and fabrics and, and clothes. Uh, and uh, having a .u extension represents uh, your European online identity, and, and therefore this is important when you want to present yourself as European, because uh, there is this requirement that you must be resident or citizen of the European Union or three other uh, countries of the European Economic Area that are Norway, Liechtenstein, and Iceland, if you want to register .u. So if you are a US citizen or a Chinese citizen um, living in China, uh, based in China or based in the States, uh, um, you cannot register .u. So when you register .u, it means that you are based in the European Union or you are a citizen of the European Union. And if you are a UK citizen, then you are probably a tiny bit screwed. <laughs> uh, can it, since we already got to it, uh, can you uh, can you tell uh, like the story here? So what's happened to the EU uh, domains uh, uh, in light of the Brexit? Yeah, indeed. Uh, if you are um, a UK citizen, what they say in English is tough luck, in the sense that uh, um, when the entire Brexit uh, started, there was this uh, task force. Uh, at the European Union level that negotiated the, the exit of the United Kingdom from the European Union. One of the points I think was really a, a, a micro, micro point was uh, how to manage the .u top level domain that was uh, that were assigned to UK uh, residents. And the decision uh, um, was uh, that uh, um, UK residents at some point, they were given a, a sort of a deadline to find uh, an eligible place in case, for instance, uh, uh, there is a UK resident that has having a, um, a sort of you know, French citizenship or whatever. In that case, they can keep the um, .u domain name. Otherwise, uh, they have to delete. Uh, and as we, we did uh, on the 1st of January this year, we have uh, suspended all the domain names assigned to UK uh, residents and, and citizens, uh, which means that uh, in the past, just to give you an idea, we had about uh, 350,000 domain names assigned to UK uh, residents. At present, uh, at the beginning of this year, we moved uh, to the suspended south with about 80,000 domain names. So there's been this huge drop in the meanwhile from the announcement of the Brexit. So many of the UK citizens and residents, they have uh, abandoned the .u because they are no longer eligible, um, which is a pity because uh, um, somehow, you know, those people, they had believed, uh, the companies and people, they had believed in .u, so they, they were the supporters of the European Union. But uh, um, there was a decision to stick to the rules. Uh, so in this case, uh, um, the uh, United Kingdom residents or citizens, uh, they are no longer eligible and therefore they have to uh, you know, leave uh, the domain name they had registered some time ago. And do you know what kind of logic led to this well, pretty harsh uh, decision to just uh, cut uh, all the UK citizens off uh, the domain zone? It's a good question. I don't know the, the logic. I know that uh, the best practice in our industry, in the domain name industry, the best practice is to um, uh, have the um, uh, registrant, which is the holder of the domain name, keeping at least the domain name until the expiry date. Domain names can be registered from one year up to 10 years. 
um, that's the registration time frame. And the best practice in our industry, which some other um, European registers they have applied, is to, um, let's say, um, sort of apply the principle of pacta sunt servanda. So, you know, something that was, uh, um, that happened under specific rules, uh, um, it will stay um, unless uh, there are changes. And also it will stay in this case until the expiry date of the domain name. In our case, uh, the decision was to stick to the uh, regulation, which says that uh, you must be eligible to keep your domain name throughout throughout the, the, the let's say, the, the time you have the domain name. So in this case, at some point, uh, um, this eligibility, uh, you know, is no longer there. And therefore, um, the UK residents or citizens, they have to um, cancel, delete or update their domain name, but they couldn't keep it. So that, that was, uh, let's say, the logic, a strict interpretation of the, of the uh, one of the two regulations that are at the basis of the .u level domain. Right. Okay, so back to back to the uh, .eu uh, TLD, and uh, can you also sort of give me some context? How big is the uh, is this uh, top level domain? So how many domains are there? How many registered? How many active? Let's say, and how does it compare uh, to other uh, national uh, domain zones in Europe? So um, we have uh, um, currently 3.7 million domain names registered under .eu. Again, .u is uh, uh, started in 2006 uh, with .u in Latin, so um, EU. And then in 2016, we added the, the .u in Cyrillic, and the .u in Greek was added uh, in 2019. Um, this is uh, to complete uh, the offer in uh, all the different uh, European Union uh, uh, languages, which uh, in our industry, they are called uh, scripts. Um, so we have 3.7 million. Out of the 3.7 million, between uh, uh, 50 and 60 percent are used, which means that uh, they resolve into um, websites or have MX records, which means that they are used for email services. It's um, a sort of average percentage compared to our industry peers. Um, so, in most of the, for most of the European Union. Uh, top-level domains, uh, um, there is this percentage between uh, 50 and 60% uh, that are used. Uh, in our case, what we have seen, um, because we run uh, um, categorization, so we, we look into the, the use of the domain names, and the last one we have done was uh, early this year. And what we have found is that there's been uh, an increase in the use uh, for a trade, online trade. And that uh, um, somehow confirms uh, the, the trend of uh, using more and more online presence uh, for e-commerce, um, which uh, with the pandemic was something that was uh, um, somehow requested in many countries for many top-level domains. So again, between 50 and 60% are, are used. Um, there is one important element for .u that we do not sell .u directly. We sell it via a network of what we call registrars, which are internet service providers. And those internet service providers are uh, like our shops, the shops where you can find and you can pick up and select uh, .u. Right. And uh, uh, then uh, you said me, you told me before uh, that uh, the domain is the fifth uh, largest in Europe. Is that, is that still correct? Yeah, so it's the fifth largest in the European Union. So currently, um, just to give you an idea, at worldwide level, 
um, the latest statistics uh, report uh, um, about uh, 360 million domain names registered under any kind of extension. Out of these 360, about 160 millions are registered under country codes like .fr, .br, .ru, .uk, .it. And uh, um, in Europe, uh, the top one is uh, um, Germany with .de, with um, 17 million domain names, uh, followed by um, UK. Uh, then there is the Netherlands, uh, France, and uh, um, EU. Um, now, UK is now left, is no longer. So if you look at the European Union, we are, we are the fourth. If you look at, uh, you know, broader, we are the fifth at worldwide level. Right. Yeah. This is uh, this is really interesting. And the Netherlands, though, it's it's a pretty small country, isn't it? Uh, how come that there are so many domains, like more NL domains than .eu domains? So uh, let's say that what we have seen uh, um, uh, by you know investigating this environment uh, is that there is a, a strong correlation between the internet uh, penetration in a country and the number of registration of top-level domain in, in the country. So what we have seen is that, for instance, uh, um, in, in, if you look at the European Union, there are some countries like uh, uh, Germany and the Netherlands uh, that are the leaders uh, in internet penetration, and they are also the leaders uh, with their national country code uh, in terms of uh, um, domain names registrations. So, so the Netherlands and Germany are indeed two countries where you know, there is, there's a lot of registrations of domain names because uh, people, they do understand the importance of having a proper online presence. And uh, also because in both cases, .d and .nl, the, the registry operator, the managers of those two top-level domains, they have uh, from the start adopted uh, policies and, and procedures that are very easy and therefore, um, you know, it's easy and fast to register uh, domain names under those extensions. Right. And it's as far as I understand, it's actually a bit less easy to register in a .eu domain because you have to prove uh, that you are a resident of, uh, uh, of a European Union country, right? So, yeah, um, indeed, I mean, in, uh, for the .eu, um, we have this uh, rule that you must be resident in the territory of the European Union or you must be a citizen of the European Union, in that case it doesn't matter where you live, or you must be a resident or a citizen of uh, Iceland, um, Liechtenstein and Norway, that are three countries of the European economic area that are uh, eligible for .eu domain names. We have, uh, um, let's say, um, um, quite, um, let's say, strict um, regulatory framework, which, uh, for instance, is not there in other European Union countries for other European Union top-level domains. In our case, uh, um, we have two regulations and uh, quite many, uh, really many amendments to those regulations. And so the entire um, .eu framework is based on those, uh, on those regulations which does not mean that is, in, is more difficult, but certainly uh, that uh, those who are registering the .u are subject uh, to um, a bit more stringent rules uh, than uh, in uh, under other uh, top-level domains. Right. And if you look at your experience at uh, .it, uh, registry manager, and compare it to what's going on with the .eu, uh, so what are the, what are the differences, so the, the fundamental differences for you between uh, national and uh, European levels? So my experience at the .it was uh, between 1999 and 2004. And at that time, to register a, a .it, you had to send a fax. 
that was really the, the <laughs> let's say something that at present when when somebody is is talking about fax probably if you talk about fax to young generation they don't even know what is a fax but at that time to register.it you had to send a fax and uh, uh, and then this fax the, the let's say the data on the fax they had to match an electronic form that the, the registry was receiving from the registrar so it was really um, it was an experience. It was, uh, again, more than 15 years ago. Um, the .u started immediately with everything automated. And, and the main difference between a, a registry like .it, but also .fr or .nl, um, is that uh, the uh, .u top-level domain uh, um, caters for a much broader market. So let's say that uh, 90% of the registrations uh, for .it, from uh, .fr, for .nl, they come from the country. So there are people or companies based in that country. In our case, uh, we, we do currently cater for 30 countries. And we have uh, a good distribution of, uh, of registrations. Of course, we have some countries like, again, Germany, the Netherlands, Poland, France, Italy, where you know, the .u sells better, but let's say that we cover 30 countries. And so the, the distribution is, is much broader. As much broader is also the, um, the network of the registrars, the, the retailers, the, the, the uh, resellers of the .u top level domain. Again, in a local um, TLD like .it or .fr, most of the registrars are local registrars. In our case, we have registrars uh, from all around the world, and certainly we have registered from each uh, European Union country. So um, I think that the international aspect is, uh, from from a, a customer's perspective, it is what it makes a difference uh, um, between the .u and also, uh, you know, the the local TLD. And in terms of regulation and uh, the way that uh, uh, you are overseen, uh, so it's not national uh, regulatory agencies in this case. Is it uh, Euro the European Commission that uh, oversees the domain zone? So for for .eu, we yeah. have this regular regulatory framework coming from the European Commission and the, par the European Parliament. At the national level, so like .it or .fr, they do also have uh, national agencies uh, that they are looking after um, the regulation uh, of the top-level domain. Again, you know, in our case, uh, um, we are talking about European Union regulations. So whenever something has to be amended, you have to go through the procedure of uh, amending it via the European Commission, the Parliament, the Council. So it may take a bit longer. And that's why um, a couple of years ago, the European Commission started the process to simplify our regulatory framework and also to make easier um, in case there is a need of amendments. And this is a process that is still ongoing because uh, the new .eu regulation will enter into force in October 2022, so in one year time. And from that moment, uh, certain, uh, uh, let's say, changes in the overall framework uh, um, will be uh, eventually easy to, to make. You also mentioned uh, that uh, uh, the uh, domain names sell better uh, in certain countries. And uh, since uh, and I, I never really thought about it, so you are actually a business, you are selling uh, domain names. So uh, is the uh, .eu TLD actually profitable? So by regulation, URID, um, the registry manager, is a not-for-profit organization. So we are not for profit and we work at cost. And we work at cost uh, with a service concession contract with the European Commission. 
and which means that whatever we do not invest in the service that we deliver to our customers, um, this goes back to the European Union budget. We do not receive funds from the European Union because we are self-sustained with the fee that we apply on um, the .u top-level domain. Uh, at the same time, uh, it is a profitable business because, uh, um, again, we, we try to make the .u appealing as much as possible. Um, however, contrary to many industry peers, again, by regulation and by contract, we, we do focus only on the .u. So we cannot uh, um, sell other products. We cannot, uh, uh, let's say, uh, do anything else than managing the .u which is uh, something good for the .u itself because we are fully focused on the .u as uh, a top-level domain, while uh, some of the industry peers at some point they have switched uh, to also support other extensions uh, at uh, regional level. In our case, no. In our case, it's just uh, the .u and the .u, of course, in Cyrillic and in Greek. Um, so it is, uh, uh, let's say, profitable in the sense that every year we, we have, uh, you know, uh, 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 we have to sustain some cost, uh, and at the end of the year, whatever we do not again invest uh, um, gets into uh, a so-called uh, surplus uh, that is uh, uh, returned back to the European Union budget. And how big is it, how big is your team at Eurid? How many people are working there? Currently, we are around fifty people, and uh, we have uh, um, uh, the, the headquarters is uh, near Brussels, and we have uh, what we call regional presence uh, in uh, three countries. Uh, three countries that are uh, Sweden, um, Italy, and uh, uh, the Czech Republic. And the reason why we have this regional presence is because uh, at the very beginning, one of the requirements uh, for the .u registry was uh, to um, be close to the community that we were going to serve. And, and to be close to the community, uh, we, we thought it was a good idea to have some regional presence and the regional presence, for instance, the regional presence in Prague looks after um, all the countries uh, uh, located in the eastern part of the European Union. So, you know, like Romania, Bulgaria, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, they all, let's say, all the customers uh, are looked after by the, the uh, office we have in Prague. This is a, this is a really interesting. So, uh, Jurid, so you are basically part of this uh, internet backbone uh, in in Europe, but also uh, part of this uh, internet infrastructure in general uh, worldwide. So, what uh, what do you what do you see as the challenges that are in front of uh, you as an organization, but also in front of the internet as a whole? I think that uh, one of the biggest challenges uh, um, at present, one of the biggest challenges that our community is facing is to um, ensure the security and stability of the um, top-level domain environment, which is not easy because uh, as uh, many other companies in the world, we are subject to different kinds of attacks. And uh, um, it's a great responsibility because, uh, you know, sometimes people tend to ignore or at least they don't think that uh, when they are on Google, when they are on Facebook, uh, there is always a domain name behind what what uh, you know the, behind this uh, uh, let's say incredible tool they are using. So when they are using Google.com or or Google.u or Google.it or Google.nl, there is a 
a domain name that is at the basis of that. Whenever they're posting something on facebook.com, facebook.com is a domain name. And so uh, let's say that one of the main duties and responsibilities of our industry is to make sure that our infrastructure is sufficiently redundant and robust. And so the, the main challenge at present is to make sure that if there are attacks of any kind, uh, the technical infrastructure stays there. So whoever, for instance, uh, um, digit on a keyboard europa.eu, which is in our case uh, um, the, the main domain name, or at least one of the most important domain names that uh, um, uh, there are under the .eu zone, um, europa.eu can resolve, and therefore people are directed to the correct uh, website. And the same for very sign that is uh, the the registry manager of .com. Uh, you know they have uh, whenever somebody uh, digit google.com or digit facebook.com or instagram or whatever uh, you know in that case they have the responsibility to make sure that uh, those uh, domain names resolves um, into the website and there is no uh, you know nothing jeopardizes uh, this uh, uh, resolution and again there are different kind of attacks that we are subjects uh, there are different ways of mitigating those attacks to manage those attacks um, so that is uh, probably the, the biggest challenge Right. And so uh, Europa.eu is the largest, most important uh, uh, domain that you've got in the zone. It, does it have any sort of special status? Does it have any special protection in a way? Well, it, it's, uh, let's say all the .eu domain name are equally important uh, to us. Uh, um, certainly Europa.eu is uh, particularly important because uh, it's, uh, it's a source of information for all European Union citizens. And so we, we pay a lot of attention to the management of Europa.eu. We have a contact point at the European Commission for Europa.eu. We are in regular uh, touch with the European Commission uh, whenever they have to make technical changes uh, on Europa.eu. So uh, certainly, you know, it, as one of the um, largest uh, um, domain names in terms of uh, uh, the fact that it resolves in one of the biggest uh, uh, websites under .eu, we make sure that uh, uh, you know there is a good cooperation between the different parties, uh, so that uh, uh, the domain name and the website uh, they continue to function well. Right, and we are almost at half an hour, and I wanted to keep it at that. So, just one more question that I wanted to hear your opinion on: is we have seen uh, a whole bunch of new regulations uh, coming from the European uh, Commission around the internet. So, we have the Copyright Directive, we have uh, DSA and uh, DMA, and so on. Does it mean anything to you as a, a TLD registry manager? And what's your general stance on all these uh, regulation? maybe even over-regulation of the internet? Well, we are a registry that is somehow facilitated because we started under some regulation. So we are used to, to uh, let's say, manage the top-level domain under regulatory framework. Um, at the same time, uh, I think it's, it's important to, um, let's say, always uh, look at the innovation, innovation to, to promote and support innovation um, without uh, exaggerating in, in regulation. And that's because... Uh, what we have seen recently is that uh, there are many small players that they may soon leave the market or have left the market because certain regulations, like uh, the most famous one of the past is uh, the GDPR, the privacy regulation, um, they were just too much for them to comply with. And so they decided to sell the business to big players. So I think that there should be always uh, 
um, whenever there is a new regulation, there should be possibly a, a sort of cost-benefit assessment of the regulation, which um, the European Commission regularly does. But again, we, what we have seen is that there are more and more small players living in the market, in our industry, I mean. Right. Yeah, this is this is a very fair point. Now, Giovanni, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for this uh, insight into how uh, the top level domain.eu works. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, taking the time and joining today. Thank you so much, Andre. Thank you so much for the interview. Bye-bye. And this is it for our today's episode. Huge thanks to Giovanni Seppio for joining this show and big thanks to you out there for listening. If you like our show, follow us today wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Our audio engineer is done by SoundPulse at sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are always very welcome. Send them by email to podcast at tech.eu. This was TechEU Podcast, I'm Andrew Degler, and I will talk to you again very soon. For now, take care and enjoy your week. Bye-bye.